Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Tonight on Marvel TV Weekly, I have two very special guests with me today. We're going to talk about Cloak and Dagger, the season finale. We're going to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We have some really fun teaser trailers. No Christian this week. Oh my God. All of that and more. Marvel TV Weekly starts now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey guys! Oh, hey guys! Hey. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back to Marvel TV Weekly. Christian is not with us. He is selfishly in New Orleans having a great time. <laughs> he left us here. Oh, um, man. But I'm not complaining because I have two very lovely guests with me today. I have Rachel Goodman, and she's um, you were on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after show. Yeah. So I'm so excited that you're here. And we have Steph Sabra. What's up, guys? And I'm very excited that you're here because you're also on the Cloak and Dagger after show. Oh, yeah. So, like, we have, like, the two perfect people with us here today. It's a it's a trio. We have a great trio yeah, going on. Yeah, we do. And we're going to, later on, we're going to all list our top three female superheroes since, you know, there's three female superheroes here. <laughs> as, as our producer Brian would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Killing it. Um so, th- yeah, thank you all so much for joining us. I think we'll just start off with a little bit of news. We had a couple of, like, teaser sort of trailers, I guess you could say. Jessica Jones, um, I don't know if you could call it a trailer. It was, like, ten seconds. But at least now we know when it's coming out. Yeah. So that's something. Um, I, okay, I admit I have to still watch Jessica Jones. That is next on my list. But... Just from watching that teaser trailer, it seemed very, um, like, just from watching it and reading the reviews about it, it it had been said that it's just a little more ominous than what fans are used to with that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm into. Have, Steph, do you watch Jessica Jones? Yeah, I you love do. Jessica yeah. okay. Jones. I yeah. am a big Jessica Jones stan. I think she is so cool and exactly what, like, a 2019 Marvel show should look like. I think they've done the best job, other than Cloak and Dagger, of, like, bringing a character to life. Especially yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. No, they did do... I love her... I love her personality, if that surprises anyone. It shouldn't. <laughs> so, Basically like, you. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> like, if I still drank, yes. Yeah, yeah like, the wild Zia, uh-huh. Hawaii Zia. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I'm really... But I also... Rachel, I'm not caught up. I only watched season one, which I really liked. I'm also a little bit in love with David Tennant. So when I found out he, when he died, I was like, oh, okay, great, cool. I don't want to watch season two. So I still want to watch it. I've just put it on the back burner. So I have to watch season two before season three comes out. So that's next. Um, and then we've got um, Professor X was teased in Legion, which that's also a really big deal, mostly because I didn't think we were going to get Professor X. I'm really, really glad that we are. And this is the actor. He's from Game of Thrones. He played... Do you guys... Um, you guys well, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. You watched Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he plays Daenerys' brother. 
I, okay, so I had to, like, when they said, oh, yeah, it's, you know, so-and-such from Game of Thrones, I had to watch the trailer again, because he does not look the same at no, all. No, he doesn't. Yeah. All it is, is is a haircut and a color change, and it's, like, a completely different person. And Good, it's- he needed that. He needed the revamp. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And that says something, when you can play such extreme characters mm-hmm. in terms of the differences. And yes. Just, yeah. Yeah, because we all know Daenerys' brother. Uh, yeah. Not a well-liked character. No. <laughs> not, not somebody that you would see as Professor X. No. <laughs> so I'm curious to see how it, I'm really curious to see how it plays out, because I mean, with good actors you forget all about that when you're like an episode or two in, you're just like, oh no, I, I love what's yeah. happening right now. I think we're going to get that. Um, in the chat, Rory Fansler says, Zia, you said that cloak and dagger with enthusiasm. The second half of this season got me, guys. I'm, wow! I know, Seth, that's Zia. why we can talk about this. <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, and then we've got... Um, Ghost8386 also said that I need to watch previous episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I agree. I am going to go back and watch it as soon as I have more time. Yes. Um, Especially for Fitzsimmons, because... I will, I've said this on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Oh, but I, okay, my Agent Shield came out in 2013, and they started showing Fitz and Simmons, like, you know, they were there from the beginning, and I instantly felt this, like, soul connection with both of them, because they were just, like, they are, like, my, they're my favorite Marvel characters, aside from Agent Carter. Um, they are my favorites, because they are just very, like, especially Fitz, He's very, like, um, there's so many things I can say about him, but one thing is that he can be very socially awkward, yet he is very... That's why I like him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that he's can, he can be socially awkward, but he's also very, very, very intelligent. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just, like, a depth to him that you start to learn over the course of the show, too. And so many things in his background... Um, and it's just, yeah, like, they have just been, like, that is the reason why, like, even before I was ever with After Buzz or on, um, or on the panel for Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., I kept going back to that show for Fitz and Simmons. I totally get it. I actually already have a little crush on Fitz. I've talked about this before. He's, um, super cute. Period. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, just done. <laughs> Star Drew also says in the chat, ooh, green nail polish stuff. Ooh, yeah. You know I got that poison fire yes. for you guys. I, feel like I, I came here for that. one reason, to rep Cloak and Dagger, <laughs> and that's what I'm gonna do. I love it. It's awesome. And then we also had, um, Hubby Joe in the chat. Rachel is my superhero. <laughs> Yay! That's my husband. Relatable. That's the cutest thing I've ever Relatable Rachel's (laughs) husband. I want to give a shout out to Haywood um, because they say, uh, let me see, where is this? Oh, Haywood wrong. Rachel, uh, be careful. You might scare hubby Joe. Um, Haywood has been watching me all day. Um, I've been on um, Young and the Restless after show, then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and now here. So I wanted to give um, them a shout out just for, you know, see, like coming into all of the shows. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah we have a really dedicated fan base yeah. here. And we love you guys for that. And actually, speaking of which, since we're on that topic, I just want to basically thank all of you guys for watching us. It means a lot to us. It, it allows us to do what we want to do um, and to help 
help us continue to grow with AfterBuzz, like, one of the biggest things you can help us with is just, like, liking and subscribing. Commenting is awesome. We love reading your comments. We love when you guys are in chat with us. Um, but, yeah, and also head over to um, iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Don't bother with, like, one through four because mm-hmm. those stars don't even work. Mm-hmm. Drop us a comment there. <laughs> we appreciate all the likes and all the subscribes. So thank you guys so much. Ooh, and I think with that, it's time to dive into... I think we'll do Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. first because... Um, Cloak and Dagger was the finale, so I think we should, like, finale with the finale. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this episode, so last episode Christian famously did not like, and I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun episode. Um, he thought the the drunkenness was not well acted and silly. I thought it was great. Um, I enjoyed last episode. Yeah, I yeah, did, I'm too. I'm with you on that. I enjoyed, yeah. especially because, of course, like, <laughs> any episode with Fitz and Simmons is going to be my favorite over one without them, so yes. I love that we got that. The only thing that frustrated me, and this isn't so much a critique on the episode, because mm-hmm. I thought it worked, but what frustrated me is that, oh, uh, you know, Simmons showed up. And so- Fitz gets taken? Yeah. Sorry. God. Yeah, yeah. it was frustrating. <laughs> no. Yeah, and then we talked about this on the after show, too, but we weren't sure if um, Simmons would even believe what she had seen, except for the fact that Enoch was there. So uh, I'm I'm curious for next week's episode to see how they wrap that up. But like, seriously, yeah, because this week we just get we get a lot of um, I guess more Earth stuff happening. This is less of a space episode and more of an Earth episode, which I'm fine with. I like when it kind of happens in both um, in both I guess areas. I don't know. I don't even know how to say that. But I like I like when we get to see the space stuff too. Um, what did you think about this this season or this episode rather? I was, okay, I think if we're, I don't want to compare it to the episode before, so if we're just looking at this episode by itself, Mm -hmm. um, I love that we got Deke, and Mm -hmm. I know you and I were talking about that, um, and how, you know, everyone's been waiting for Deke, Um, we, like, I didn't expect he was going to be back this way, and it was a really huge shock that they brought him back um, through the lens of the framework first. And that's another thing I love about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the framework. I say this every single time. See, now we need to and, know. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, the framework, like, they should have done more with that. They, like, I'm still expecting that they're gonna wake up and realize, oh, hey, this whole thing, we were in another alternate framework reality, even though they probably won't do that. But um, I love that Deke, um, who is Fitzsimmons's Mm-hmm. Grandchild is what? <laughs> See, we're Sorry. talking about this. No, that's okay. We were talking about this before, and this is again in chat. Now I have to. Now I have to go back and watch it because I'm actually invested in this season, so I need to know what happens in previous seasons. Yeah. Um. And I know that Deke coming back has been a really big deal, and that's why I'm glad that you're here because I I don't know who Deke is. It's yeah, like Deke. So in season five, Deke was very much um, like he definitely had his his moments when he was super helpful. He was from the futuristic world that mm-hmm. they were that the rest of the team were kind of dragged to. Got and it. he was kind of like because he was from that world, he knew how to do things that they did not at first, and he was very resourceful. But they also kind of like um, like Taran and I were talking, and in, in the you know in Agents of Shield. Yeah. earlier in the um, after show and it was kind of like Deke didn't get the respect that he deserved and so seeing him in this episode as this you know like social entrepreneur who had his own company and was like Mark Zuckerberg like seeing him in this light was very interesting but I had a problem with the fact that they made it look like Deke kind of just ripped off all his ideas yeah they actually really did 
portray him that way and what and it's really funny because I don't know who Deke is but I had my one qualm I sort I sort of with this this uh, episode was the way they portrayed Deke a little bit because he's he's a genius I'm guessing he's he's yeah he invents things he's a scientist um some like along those lines and he's in love with Quake also I'm guessing he they had an entire thing and it's hilarious like you'll hear people mentioning the lemons yeah they had this whole thing with Daisy last season where mm-hmm. it was supposed to be in the future that if you liked a girl you brought her lemons. And so someone pointed out in the last... Uh, in I wouldn't period. mind that. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Make some lemonade, put it, it in your water. It's better than skin. getting yeah. at. So, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. He's been, like, absolutely in love with her. And so that whole... The fact that Daisy is in his created, t- you know, framework uh-huh. simulation, it's not a surprise to me at all. And he, yeah, obviously just was inventing his own world where he could be... Go be with her. Yeah, exactly. So how on earth did he end up with that basic influencer chick who's (laughs) so dumb? She's walking around, um, what do you call it, like live Instagramming stories her... The entire... I was just like, oh my god, how is this genius guy with this girl? I don't understand it. I I don't understand. I feel like she's a placeholder because nobody could be Daisy to him. So he just chose like the complete polar opposite yeah, and I guess I get that. And I feel like too, it's funny because, like, speaking of Sequoia, at the mm-hmm. very end when she's walking around with the camera, and it's in the moment where the building, she's been told the building has been taken Ugh, over. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> guys, <laughs> it's the end of the world. So, like, this is what's going on. And <laughs> I was like, "Dude!" <laughs> and then she's so quick <laughs> influencer to, go to the end, off with Khan, and like, you know, start like, you know, I don't know, just. Uh, Forget about Deke. Basically, yeah, she's like gushing this, over his muscles. I mean, he he wasn't he was a very attractive man, but geez, like come on. Anyway, <laughs> so that bothered me a little bit. Um, but I like I like how the season ended. We got to see a little bit more of Sarge too in this episode. Yeah. And do you have any thoughts on who he might possibly be? So my thought is, and first I want to say, Ghost eight three eight six says that was me, Rachel. I think he's the one who mentioned the lemons in the Agents of Shield after show. Got so I it. wanted to give. Um, him or her credit, so thank you. Um, the uh, with Sarge, my theory is that it. I don't know if he's actually connected to Coulson somehow, but one of the things that Tehran and I were talking about is how the instant that he kidnapped, not kidnapped, but like, not not like I don't even want to say the minute that he saw Megan and said mm-hmm. he wasn't going to kill her, and then kind of took her with him. It felt like Coulson, not Coulson, there I go. It felt like Sarge actually was, like, he knew her and that there was this deeper connection. And one of the things I remember from the framework, when they were all sent in and most of them had their memories um, temporarily wiped so that in the framework you didn't know who you were outside Mm -hmm. of the framework, that version of Coulson, who had his memory temporarily wiped, he saw May again, and there was no connection because he literally did not remember her. There was nothing there. Ah. And you could see it in the way that Clark Gregg was acting the part. Like, the, you didn't feel... Eventually, they, they de- as they developed a relationship, right. they started to know each other. But the instant they met, you didn't feel that. Whereas um, Sarge, I already... Definitely from May, but that's for a different reason. She recognizes Sarge. But from Sarge, I feel like he's connected to May and that he feels it. He also, I think, in a previous episode, um, the the name Coulson, like, triggered something in him. Yeah. Do you think he has one of those weird, creepy bat things in him? That's a really good point. But 
if he did though, that's another thing is that when <laughs> we saw when we saw the bat zombie or not bat zombie, when we saw the bat like parasite, parasite, yeah, yeah, when with the other guy, we didn't really get to hear the other guy talk that much, so True. we don't know if it. Um, we don't know what it does to a person other than True. take over their body. Does it take over them to the point that they'd be able to act like Sarge? Um, or does it take over them in a different way? That's the question. That is a good question. And I don't know that we've seen enough of that yet to determine it, but um, I, that would be very curious if that's what it is. But we also don't know if May saw Colson die, or, I mean, presumably she did. Right. But she then was with him until the end, she said. Yeah. Ugh, so yeah. many questions. But that's a really good point. But but you're right. We don't know enough. And what if it's what if it's not that? Um, because I don't know if that's an. You're right. If is it does it make them intelligible? Because it almost seemed like when what was that character's name who who died in this last season? Spoiler alert. Oh, Keeler. Keeler. Thank so you. Keeler. That's another thing. When we saw him, the parasite pretty much. Even when the parasite had taken over, and we saw him conscious Mm -hmm. he wasn't you didn't really get a lot of you didn't get keeler right you you did get someone but i don't know that i even felt a real genuine personality right more like a zombie that's kind of what i was thinking as well so i don't know if that's like a legitimate theory but it was just the bat freaked me out that was a really good part of that episode um they always bring up tahiti um in all these conversations so if we if they were able to save colson once there maybe there was another way to save him again, but it involved some sort of memory wipe. Hmm. And he has a memory wipe, but he remembers May and Colson. Oh my god. Or what like if it really is Colson and he feels, didn't die? Yeah. That would be awesome though. I really hope it is. <laughs> I mean, I only know Colson from the movies, obviously, and even that's enough for me to feel very connected to him and how dare you kill him. Yeah, exactly. Again. <laughs> again. Again. <laughs> I know. Uh overall though, this was a really good episode. I'm like, do you have any predictions for next episode? So, um I would say that um just kind of going off of what we were saying with Sarge, I feel like it is going to turn out that he's not a bad guy the way that we're thinking, maybe mm-hmm. more of an anti-hero, but okay. not bad, um, and that maybe his his team, maybe parts of them are bad, and that everyone, he we're going to get Sarge with the rest of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, and that the rest of his team will go rogue, maybe. We don't know who their leaders Ooh. are yet. Um, and then also my predictions with um, everything we're seeing in the previews with Fitz and Simmons. I feel like uh, they're going to, I mean, this is a simple prediction, but I feel like they're going to finally get Fitz back before anything happens, and then they're going to come back to Earth. I and fight really whatever. hope we get Fitz back. Yeah, and then maybe not the next episode, but maybe the episode after that, everyone will be back on Earth, and we'll be fighting whatever it is that we're, you know, up against. Yeah. That makes sense, because you're going to want to eventually see the entire team together. Yeah. And it seems like maybe now that Deke is back, he's going to be sort of integrated back into the group, and that'll be interesting. Yeah, and they don't have, um, like the other seasons, we had a much longer run. They mm-hmm. usually broke it into pods, and now this this season, ah. we're, I think they're only doing like 13 episodes. Wow. So it's there's very, usually like 23, right? Yeah, yeah. Whoa, that's and, a whole 10 less episodes. And so it's normally, like Game of Thrones. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And so they had to make, like the writers were talking about how they had to make the t- the story tighter. And so I would guess that if, you know, if this is episode four, five, they're still, half of them are still in space. Six by six, if they're back, that gives them the rest of the season to figure out what they're doing with, you know, everything on Earth. That makes sense. I um I do really I just want to bring up very quickly. I do really like the butterfly girl character. Oh yeah. She's great. She's this Australian girl that she wants to kill everyone. She just loves murdering, 
But she thinks that some of them are going to be reincarnated into butterflies, I think is what I'm gathering. So she's like, it's okay, you're going to be a beautiful butterfly. That was a horrible accent, by the way. Um, and she's one of my favorites because she the just jobs, like, yeah, did the job. <laughs> she just really loves killing people. And she's just a really funny character. Um, so I'm going to be... hilarious. <laughs> she she's is. Great. Yeah, she's very hilarious. And then Ivan Soto says in the chat, uh, the influencer was the showrunner of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I didn't know. That's kind of awesome. Oh. The Sequoia, that character, she's the showrunner. That's that's kind of amazing. I loved it. And Ivan Soto says she's also from New Zealand, which I can see. That's more of a New Zealand accent than Australian. <laughs> Jeez, Ivan, thank you with all of the info. Um, now we're going to transition into some Cloak and Dagger talk. Yes! <laughs> I love Cloak and Dagger. My computer just went green, so that's great. It's a sign. Yeah. Yeah. I seriously do love your nails, too. They're amazing. It's my favorite color, yes. and I I love Mayhem as a comic book character, But I, mm-hmm. and I was so glad that we got her season, too. And I really loved the way, and I, they didn't do this in the comics, so I like it. It was a very interesting deviation. How did you feel about the split, where she was split into two characters? Love it. So cool. Love it, and I love the ending of them being combined into one. Me because. Too. Bridget O'Reilly was getting out phased by, I feel like she had PTSD she was dealing with, and she just became yep. scared, and she needed that tenacity and ferociousness that is mayhem, but mayhem yep. needed some empathy. Seriously. She was, like, <laughs> next-level nuts. Like, I, I loved it to an extent, but I was like, okay, you need to calm down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't just be slitting people's throats out no. here with your nails, girl. Yeah, although I want those nails. How do I get how do I get those? Honestly, I'm as close as it gets, but I haven't figured out how to like the, enact the yeah. poison. Enact <laughs> the poison. I love that. Just be like, just, you're yelling somebody's um somebody messed up, and you're like, enact the poison. <laughs> it's happening. Um, this uh this finale though, I really I really enjoyed it. So as a lot of people famously know, I did famously stupid. A lot of people know I didn't really I didn't like season one, and I didn't really like half of season two. But I th- I forget exactly what episode it was i found myself sitting on my bed watching it with my mouth open and i was so into it no way yeah. yeah it was i think it was the episode where tandy got um kidnapped and taken oh to the hotel god. room and the Tyron sex, tra- yeah the yes. real sex traffic camp oh my god it was so it was really good it was really, really well good. done i was very impressed so that kind of and then from there i was like well i'm actually like i i really enjoyed it so i enjoyed this finale a lot how did you feel about the way that they had to go into it was a loa right is what it's called Oh yeah, the um, uh, I guess sort of a spirit world mm-hmm. to fight with Evita. despair. Yeah, I love Evita. Um, Me to too. fight despair. I know I'm, just, I'm just really sad that I was always kind of shipping Ty and Evita, and I'm just kind of bummed that they can't be together now. I know. <sighs> I um, first of all, do you waffle or pancake when you hold hands? Um, I waffle. Okay, me too. I'm a waffle <laughs> yes. girl all the way. I, I feel like there's no other way. No, like if you're pancaking me, you're not into me. Yeah, that's like friend. <laughs> I hold fr- hands with my friends that way. Yeah, yeah. 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 So Platonic. That it was a really tough thing for me because it's crazy. I think this show did a really good job of making Avita and Tandy. In their respective places. Like, mm-hmm. Evita was obviously clearly a more romantic connection with Tyrone. And for two seasons, for them to... for They were able to make Tyrone and Tandy's relationship platonic, which is, like, impossible with that good-looking of characters. <laughs> and when you're a 
a divine right? <laughs> pairing, but it, they did it successfully yeah. where they began this partnership and then you grew in love with their friendship. But honestly, all great relationships start with great friendships. So are you are you shipping Tandy and Tyrone a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Like, I love Evita, but she's married now, and she yeah. made the sacrifice. I hope though that she continues to level up because like you can't just make my girl get married like that and not give her some like more power. Seriously, please. So and I want her like, can she be in an open marriage? If that's gonna happen, like she can't. I feel just like be. that's fair. He definitely is in an open marriage. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. So, be but lonely forever. I, yeah, I, I like them together. I, I think it will make sense. Um, but they would have to stay together. Like, if they're gonna be together, they have to stay together. Yeah. Not this like back and forth. Yeah. Like, I love you. I don't love you. Because they love have you, to I work don't. together. Yeah. They are. I mean, their friendship is ridiculously sweet. Ty is so cute. The finale, um, <laughs> the the writing of the finale, and just the showrunner of Cloak and Dagger, I have the utmost respect for Joe Pekowski. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really did his research on everything, especially when you're talking about subjects like sex trafficking yeah. and um, police brutality mm-hmm. and all these different things like class issues, economic issues. They really did their research and every single person we had in and when we met the cast at uh, Comic-Con last year, they all said that our writers are diverse. So if it's a women-based episode, they'll have more women writers, love if not that. all women writers in yeah. the room. So I, I love it and I think that comes across. So I think when some people have issues with the show... I don't have any because I know all of the things that go into it and I just right. respect the production. But the finale was so well written the way Tyrone was talking about Tandy and she was talking about him. I'm like, yes! There was there was a moment in there when they, they like legitimately hit me on the inside. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> like When they were talking about how, basically it's just facing your inner demons and they were talking about how, um, Tandy was talking about how she she's like, yeah, I have, I'm gonna have to live with you for the rest of my life, but I get to decide how much it affects me. Going, like, I gave me, it's giving me goosebumps again. Like, yes, I'm girl. still like, oh my god, it was so good. And I love that it kind of took that sort of um, sort of avenue with it going into it where, I mean, Despair was fighting that it was less of a physical fight and more of like a mental and emotional fight. But eventually I guess you'd say they leveled up. Oh, yeah. Literally leveled up, and that was the episode title. It was such a good way. I love that you pointed that out, and we talked about that on the after show, that the whole time where first they were fighting their worst inner demons Mm -hmm. for Tandy was her dad, for Tyrone, it was himself. Himself. And how they switch, and that's what great partnerships will do. They can, they want to fight your battles, but at the end of the day, they fought and finished their own battles, Mm -hmm. which was just such a cool sequence of events. And it's so cool because you get that support there, and it kind of lends, it sort of gives you that strength to fight that battle that you need to fight. So it's like, you need to, it's hard. You can, and you, it's, at the end of the day, it absolutely comes down to you, but so much of it is having a support system. Oh, yeah. That's the whole time huge. I was like, go, bestie. That's my bestie. Like, I yeah. want that in my life. Someone's like, Steph, she's this, she's that. Like, everywhere <laughs> <Yes>. I go. <laughs> Someone to just... Uh, eventually, we need to, like, have that in our own brains, like, being our second voice. Oh, yeah. But that's that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> I need, like, all the queer eye men, like, around me yes. at all times. <laughs> Cheering you on, and you're like, okay, I got this. I'm good. Um, so I really love that, and I love the despair character that we got. That was another thing that, like, you sort of see that more halfway through the season. And I was like, oh, my God, this is great. I love that we're getting this. And I love because it is it is definitely a little bit different in the comics. But it's I love the way that they did this iteration of it is so cool. And you do. I honestly found myself um, sympathizing with him a little bit, especially in the end of the this episode. Totally. 
before the finale, I was like, seriously, screw you, man. Yeah, you're so no. selfish. You get you get migraines, so you're going to sex traffic and enslave That's women. Awful. Like, seriously, just die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... And I love how they touch on suicide, too, and mm-hmm. have a suicide prevention line. Every That's what I respect so much about the show. And so they develop the character where you see it's more than that, just that for him. And at the end, I was like, damn it. Like, you know you did well when you start sympathizing with a villain. Well, just the way he, and I mean, also, kudos to the actor. Just the way he was breaking down and the tears in the end, I was like... Why do I feel bad for him? I, I shouldn't feel bad for him, but in this moment, I do. You did like the worst crime imaginable, yeah. and somehow I feel some sort of <laughs> some sort of. But it's empathy. crazy that we don't know about a season three. So when we were talking about like it's not confirmed yet. Yeah. So, but the way it ended is that a lot of people think there's going to be a Runaways crossover, but it's interesting because it's so up in the air. It is. But I love that, like you were saying, what they've chosen from the comics. I think that they've done a really good job of selecting what they're taking from the comments and not taking from the comments, mm-hmm. uh, comics. So I, I like that they're now really taking on the vigilante role going into a different state because that's true to their characters. They right. can't really be in one place. Yeah. I mean, technically, they are runaways. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, a lot of people are agreeing with what you said about runaways, too. Um, Ivan Soto, they'd have to darken, darken runaways. Mm-hmm. Um, it is super. It's way darker yeah. yeah jazzy jones says i just want to runaways and cloak and dagger crossover i'm here for it um and then jenna james says the show has a lot of faults and suffers from a few things but overall it is fun to watch the music is one of the best ever on tv agreed and even at on- the most boring moments the show is still moving forward yeah i'm curious let me know what you think the faults are but agreed on the music i think the music's so good and someone I re- someone wrote in one of our comments like I can't watch this show because of the music and I'm like if you don't like this music that would suck for you because that's the problem yeah. I have with it I, yeah. and I know it's just it's not my kind of music and yeah. I just ooh, I don't like it and it's, it, it's like they really like committed to the genre <laughs> oh, yeah, of the they music did. so I get that if you don't like that then it would be a turn off like if there was right. only like metal playing in a show I'd be like not for me I, and I would love yeah. it and that's why it's different <laughs> yeah but I understand that most shows aren't going to do that although I did get a lot of music that I loved in um, season 2 of The Punisher and I was like this is amazing they played some Alice in Chains and that was so good um <laughs> <laughs> but it works. But you have to you have to go with the tone of the show too. Like you, the, the music has to make sense for what you're doing in the show and for the audience that you're going after. Yeah, like you're not. I think they were going after like a me type y- audience, yeah, right? Or like even um, it, it's more mature, but still maybe for a slightly younger audience. Like not maybe teenager audience, but maybe like early twenty. I think teenager. Yeah, too. teenager. You're right. Like a young, like a later teenager, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, sixteen. Yeah, because. Yeah, they're supposed to still be in high school, so yeah, you're right. They're and they're they're like sixteen. They're just hitting really heavy topics, but those are real life topics. Yeah, and you know what? I think that that's more stuff that needs to be talked about amongst younger, hundred percent younger people because that's I nobody t- told me about any of that sort of no. stuff or talked to me about any of that kind of that, that sort of thing. I thought it was going crazy. It reminds <laughs> me of why comic books and why Marvel is like one of the greatest inventions of all time because we forget that they were created with the intent of writing about things that weren't written about a lot of Mm -hmm. times a lot of lgbtq plus representation from the beginning like a lot of like the outcasts and stuff and a lot of issues like cloak and dagger was written at a time with police brutality 
when it was rampant and there mm-hmm. was a lot of racial issues going on. So it's so, and that was written in seventies, eighties. I yeah. So it, it's they've always been ahead of the time, and that's what I like about this show is that it should be talked about. Yeah, yeah. and I, I agree. agree with you too. Like I feel like a lot of Marvel is very allegorical mm-hmm. for actual events, and mm-hmm. it's when you can't like for especially um, in a world in a society where you can't always talk about and address things as they are exactly happening, it's a very good outlet to kind of represent what's going on so that you can address it in a way that's going to be appropriate for a younger audience. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, um, you know, someone who has not watched Cloak and Dagger, um, you guys brought up Suicide, and I feel like, without having watched it, there are certain shows out there like 13 Reasons Why who address it dead on, and it may not be the greatest way to address it the way that they did. It's triggering. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Yeah, so. no, I legitimately didn't watch that show because I've suicide it is close to me and yeah. I'm like I can't I can't yeah. I don't want to know it, yeah. like I can't I can't this is too much for me to watch it's, it it hits too like, yeah. close to home yeah. So I didn't, yeah. yeah I didn't like the way it was done <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a good point yeah, yeah. no but that's it's a like point. and it's um, especially for a younger audience like I watched 13 Reasons Why but I feel like if I had watched it in high school it would have been like very triggering so yeah. to have a show that handles you know, a serious issue, but in a way that is not going to trigger young people and is actually going to give them a place where they feel a connection and it prevents them from doing something that they might have otherwise done, that, I feel like, is a more powerful message. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's so well said. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. See, this is... Seriously, <clears throat> panel of superheroes. <laughs> I'm just going to say it right now. <laughs> and on that note, we are going to list our favorite top three superheroes. I guess we'll go in order. We'll go three, two, one. I'll do my three. You can do your yeah. three. You'll do your three. And then we'll go two, 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 and one, one, one. Perfect. Um, so this is favorite female superheroes because we just thought it was fitting, especially for this week. Plus, there are so many awesome ones, honestly. Um, my number three is... Um, Rogue from not from the movies. There was some confusion before this happened. Not the movies. Rogue, '90s cartoon, comic book. Rogue, mostly from the '90s cartoon. She is awesome. She's very. What I love about her is that she's very strong, but she's also feminine. And and I like I like that combination a lot. That she's you can still be feminine and strong. Um, and also her pair her pairs powers are just awesome. She ha- she can fly. <laughs> so cool. Truth. Her too. Yeah. Um. Number three, as in our, like, three is the most, or three is the, like... Starting from three to our number one. So, like, your your number one favorite, yeah. Then I would say, and this is not two of the three are Marvel, but Nora from The Flash is DC. Okay, that's fine. And um, Nora, otherwise known as Excess, um, what really made me connect to her was, one, she's got the speed like the Flash, and mm-hmm. she's just, it isn't even like, um, like you don't have to even question, like, oh, well, is, are they, you know, it, it's not a question of, oh, she's strong because she's a man, or she's, you know, like, it's not even, it's just, no, she is strong because she is who she is. And I yeah. love that we had that representation, <clears throat> and that someone doesn't have to be um, male to be a strong person, and they really like hit home with that point with her and her intelligence and just every like just the way that she thinks. And what especially connected me to Nora was the fact that she, in her world, she does not know Barry Allen right now. Um, this is just the way that they've written it into the TV show. Um, she does not know Barry, and so she 
goes back in time and so she almost like she grew up without one of her parents and so she you can always feel like okay she's more appreciative of the time that she gets to spend with him in the past because she never had him in her present and so it was for me like that just ve- I, like I connect to that and I'm like Aww. oh like, that's very like it really drove home the point <laughs> of what a Thank family you, can do for a person and what being loved and being encouraged can do for someone very well I love said. that. Yeah. That's great. My number three, I think, uh, would be Shuri from Black Panther. Nice. Uh, because science, if you see the sticker, <laughs> she's a literal yes. genius. And she was overlooked for so long because of her place in the family. Mm-hmm. But then she came to her own. And I just, we don't see characters that are solely based on what's going on in their mind all the time and that she can create all these solutions because science and magic are essentially the same thing in my mind like they are so similar and superpowers and all of that are in the same realm to me so it's cool to see it dissected in different ways and i just love her being this strong black female lead and i'm excited to see what she'll do in the in um, the movie franchise progressing Yes. Oh my God. I agree. Shuri is awesome. You're right. I love that you. People tend to overlook people who are really smart, but that's literally a superpower. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Never gonna happen. Um, my number two is Storm. She's always been one of my favorites. Like when I was a little kid, we used to play X Men, and I would run around trying to like roll my eyes in the back of my head like Storm. It hurts. Don't do it. <laughs> it's like not a good idea. Um, just being able to control the weather. I just I've. All I've ever wanted to do is when someone makes me mad is to bring that thunderstorm down upon them. Heck yes. <laughs> It'd be so cool. And I just love how she's, I mean, technically she's a, a queen slash princess. Um, and I just, I love how, like, stately she is. And she speaks so, um, I guess, regal and properly is a word. It's just, it's really funny, especially in the 90s cartoon. She's hilarious. It's amazing. Who is your number two? I would say Gemma Simmons. And I know that technically, like we were talking about, like it doesn't, like intelligence can be a superpower. And to me, like she is, just from watching her all of these seasons on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., she is like, I very much connect with her because I connect with pretty much anybody who is um, like maybe socially awkward, but at the same time, like they spend all their time with books and reading and writing. Yes. And that there's this like, you know, some people are not street smart. Not that fits not that Gemma is not street smart because I think throughout the season she's really evolved and grown and so now she can handle things the way any other agent can handle, whether it's on the street or not. Um, but just, um, I think that it's just this, like, nerdy aspect of her that I always really connected with. And, like, she saves the day so many times just from the knowledge that she has. Brain power. Brain Again. power. Yes. I'm going with Zia on this one. Storm is my number Yay. two. She's always been so fierce. Yes. And I love that she's, like, a freedom fighter. She became a mentor. She uh, saved Prince T'Challa before he became the Black mm-hmm. Panther. So all of that, you're a queen. Yes, without yeah, without her, we'd have no Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. How about that? God bless. <laughs> <laughs> and um, number one for me is um, I keep wanting to say Scarlet because it's Scarlet Johansson. Then I finish it with Scarlet Witch. It's not. Oh my it's Black God. Widow. Although I do love Scarlet Witch. Um, Black Widow. I love her because she. I mean, first of all, she's just badass. Like. She, 
she trained to get that way. She also doesn't have superpowers. She's just an awesome spy. But the fact that she's gone so far for redemption to wipe out all of the red in her ledger is just a really noble cause. And, I mean, she literally sacrificed herself for the world, for everybody else. I mean, she's probably one of the most selfless characters, at least in the movie franchise. That's my number one. Thank you. For me, it's Peggy Carter. And... I oh, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> Peggy Carter is my absolute favorite. And honestly, I know I said Gemma was my second. Peggy and Gemma, it's like, I would say Peggy is definitely, like, there's no question. Peggy is number one, but Gemma's very close. But it's for the same kind of reasons, is that Peggy is very intelligent. Um, she is a very, I don't want to say motive. I mean, she is motivated, but, like, she's just a natural at what she does. And she's just very good at being a leader and very good at solving a problem. I also am very connected. Like, I, I love, like, the 1940s, like, World War II era. I love history. Um, I was a history major in college. So I think that just from that and, like, yeah. the fashion of that time period, like, I'm very connected with that world. Oh, yeah. I love so, that glam. Yeah, that makes me definitely a Peggy Carter fan. Good <laughs> choice yeah, good like choice <laughs> okay my number one would have to be uh scarlet witch so in your scarlet realm very nice because <laughs> you guys if you follow me on any other show you know that i am a witch so <laughs> i love yep. all my fellow witches <laughs> and she's one of the strongest magic wielders around ever and she became an avenger she climbed and she was dealing with a bunch of bad stuff but still was able to like find the good in it which sometimes doesn't happen they stay on the bad side yeah so i love her and and I loved her portrayal. I love her in the comics. I love her in the Avengers movies. And I cannot wait for Wanda. I was going to say, so are you excited for WandaVision? Yes, so excited. Woo-hoo! I know. It's going to be really good. Oh, my God. We don't have that long to wait, hopefully. It's, yeah. I, we're getting Disney Plus, I believe, later this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know when the shows haven't been announced yet. So I'm just. But I ugh. feel like they wouldn't have teased it too far in advance. Yeah. Like, if we can't be getting it, like. 2022 or anything like that. I feel like as soon as it opens, Disney Plus happens, they have to have a lineup. And I think that everything they tease must be there. Right. That makes sense. Okay, good. We're getting it soon. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) So give us your favorites. It doesn't have to be female characters. You can do female. You can do just favorite superheroes. Whatever. Um, Let us know in the comments. I'll just read a couple really quick before we go. Uh, Jazzy Jones, top three female. Shuri, Black Widow, and Scarlet Witch. Awesome list. Awesome list. I see that that, uh, Goes along with ours. Ghost eighty three eighty six says Captain Marvel Scarlet uh, is one. Scarlet Witch is two, and Quake is three. Very Ooh, nice. Quake. Okay. Awesome. I like Quake. It's pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah. Um, and let's see. We've got Ivan Soto, Quake from Agents of Shield, Mockingbird from Agents of Shield, and Melinda May from Agents of Shield. Somebody loves Dang. Agents of Shield. He is in all of our Agents of Shield panels. So um, that makes sense. Yeah. I haven't watched Agents of Shield, I and really it's the like one it. I haven't. I've seen almost at least a few episodes of every single entity if not all of it but mm-hmm. not agents of shield it um my overall thought of the season or of, not of the season of the show in general if you start watching season one and you feel like it's a little bit slow and you don't know Just where it's skip. going um keep going until the end of season okay one because okay. that's where the drama really picks up okay I love we can the drama. we can watch yeah. it together stuff yes! we can text each other while we watch yes! it i yeah. would love to do that because i need i need to get on it 
But that is all the time we have today. Thank you. Or I guess I'm talking to the camera. I don't know who I'm talking to. <laughs> That's all the time we have today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you both so much for joining Thank me. You. I was thought I was going to have to do this show by myself. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and plus, I get both of all the amazing takes on um, Cloak and & Dagger and, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, before we go, where can everybody find you if they want to talk more about Cloak & Dagger, more about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and whatever other shows you're on? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Steph Sabrog. A lot of my shows are ending, but I will be picking up some soon. But, you know, the comic book talk never ends, so find me on Instagram and Twitter there. Yeah. And I am Rachel Goodman. You can find me on Instagram, or not, yeah, on Twitter, at Rach Goodman. I have a lot of my writing stuff on my other pen name, Rachel Radner. So you can find me on Instagram at Rachel Radner Author. I also have a Facebook group. Um, if you go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Rachel Radner, that's where all my writing stuff is. And you can also find me on the Young and the Restless after show, which is on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I am also on the Spanish Princess right now, which is at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Oh, you history nerd, you all. I, I love it. <laughs> and, um, I am then on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after show between 8 and 9 Pacific Standard Time. And when Outlander picks back up, I'll be on that one, too. Oh, my gosh. History. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> and, uh, I'm Zia Anderson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zia underscore Land. That's X-I-A underscore Land. Facebook also at Zia Landerson. And um, also, you can find me on Marvel Movie News Thursdays at 1 p.m. on the Popcorn Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next time. Bye! Bye! Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later! <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.